Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards, and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. With that, welcome into this Locked On Browns podcast. Once again, I am your host, Jared Mueller. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. And today we have two big things to talk about. One has kind of been the talk of the day for the Cleveland Browns, and one that literally just popped off as I was starting to record this Locked on Browns podcast today on this Thursday. And so we will start with the Greg Williams press conference and then go to the big breaking report rumor about the Cleveland Browns bringing back a big time talent that some thought would not return so let's start first with the Greg Williams press conference. The big piece for a lot of people uh, was the beginning of that press conference where Tony Grossi, who has been mm, attacked by many people on Twitter, including myself, uh, for a lot of the ways that he goes about things and uh, some egocentricness and this, that, and the other. Um, his first question was very direct to Greg Williams, and I thought it was an appropriate question. It was asked in an appropriate way. And I would say that Greg Williams responded in an unprofessional way. While I may have personally liked it professionally, I didn't see someone acting like a professional. But you could kind of tell that either he was warned about Tony Grossi, because when he says, you Tony, um, are you Tony, um, there's something to that. And so later, uh, near the very end of his 47-minute press conference, Greg Williams did say that he watched all 16 of Hugh Jackson's post-game pressers and came out really, really impressed. And so throughout the conversation with Greg Williams, you can tell there was some tension that he had built up already with the Cleveland media. Uh, Early in his kind of introductory pieces, he basically said, uh, come get some or come get you some, I forget the exact wording, and talked about sitting in in my chair, come into my room, you try to motivate these guys, you basically try to do what I do. Uh, And then obviously talked about uh, what he said to Tony, Um, he said something about, um, are you a body language expert to Mary Kay Cabot, Um, about one of the statements she made and kind of seemed to shut her down. Um, And so I thought, while Greg Williams was really exciting and um, made Mary Kay say she wanted to run through a wall for him, I thought he did display some level of unprofessional behavior. Does that mean it wasn't deserved? That's a kind of a different conversation, but I have to be fair. The reality is I felt like at the end of the year presser with Hugh, Sashi, and Paul, um, the Browns media was pretty unprofessional. And so while I may have liked what uh, Greg Williams said to Tony Grossi, and specifically in that moment, I thought he was pretty unprofessional. And um, 
but it was fun. You know, it was exciting. And one of the things that you saw about the from about Greg Williams in that press conference is he owns it. It is his. Everything about what he said, you could tell was his. It's why it was a 47-minute press conference. It wasn't because the media asked a ton of questions, though I thought many people in the media did a very, very good job of communicating and asking questions and trying to see where Greg was. It really wasn't that long of a press conference because of the media. It was that long of a press conference because Greg Williams is really, really passionate really, really knowledgeable, and loves when he talks about defense. And so he won the press conference in a way that um, I think was different than most press conferences that all Browns fans um, have kind of said their coaches have won. And the reason he did that is because he owned the press conference. The media, the reporters there, didn't decide how the press conference went. They didn't direct the press conference like I've seen in pretty much all press conferences I've ever watched. He he did. Greg Williams was in charge. And so um, while that kind of how he communicated with Tony um, was big for everybody, how he communicated and kind of seemingly shut down Mary Kay was something interesting to me. And um, how he talked about the media coming into his room. Listen, he really seemed to invite the media to actually come get educated by him. And so that was kind of cool to hear because I think that would be really, really good for the media, for the Browns fandom to have someone, uh, some people getting more educated. I would love to be there. Um, I would love to take care of that, take that opportunity. Um, But for me, there was something that I want to just kind of expound upon from that uh, press conference. And that's this. Greg Williams made it very clear that this was his defense. While him and Hugh Jackson are going to go back and forth, you really saw Greg Williams basically setting himself up as the co-head coach, or at least the head coach of the defense. He talked about how he knows he can't cut a player, but he will absolutely decide who plays. Everything about that press conference and everything he talked about clearly stated that Greg Williams was going to be in charge, no one else. And so while him and Hugh will go back and forth, this will be Greg Williams's defense. And so I think that statement that he made about um, that I will play my players, I know I can't cut anybody, but I will make the decision who plays on this defense, is a huge telling statement about what Greg Williams was brought in to do. And maybe, maybe what wasn't okay or good enough about Ray Horton. Maybe Ray Horton didn't take enough charge. I'm not, again, this is just speculation. Whatever it is, it's very clear that Hugh Jackson has given Greg Williams basically the reins, as he maybe should, as an offensive guy and as a head coach, and Greg Williams plans to take those reins. But I loved what I heard from Greg Williams talking about playing complementary football. Oftentimes you hear that from defensive coaches when they talk about the pass rush and pass coverage. But what he talked about is how with Drew Brees, he wanted to get the ball back into his quarterback hands as quickly as possible. But at other times, they tried to figure out how to keep their really their defense to run the clock as much as possible because that's what the team overall need. He even needed. And then he even added in Chris Traber. Tabor and how they kind of all need to work together. And so what I heard from Greg Williams was he really sees defenses and all of that in a way and was able to communicate it in a way that 
was refreshing, but it also told me that he really is going to be all about being not just creative for creative sakes, but creative to do the, I don't know, right thing for the team. Not stubborn enough to say that there's only one way to do it and it's his way and all of that kind of stuff. And so I was really excited. Listen, he made it clear he doesn't care about 3-4 and 4-3. Uh, he talked about having 42 different kind of words for different defenses. And so when he says one word, a whole set of group of players are expected to be out there. He says one other, they're, they're different. So he'll have a 4-3, a 3-4, a bear, a 4-2, a 4-1, whatever it is. Uh, but he has words for those, so everybody kind of knows what they're doing. And so um, everything I heard from Greg Williams today from uh, the way he motivates, the way he communicates with the media, and the way it seems like he's going to communicate with his players, especially what we hear from Matt Bowen and a variety of other players, James Laurinaitis or whatever, sounds like a lot of excitement. Again, they've won the press conference before. They've got to prove it on the field. And tonight, it looks like, it looks like the Cleveland Browns will have a new have a talent roaming that field for Greg Williams. We'll talk about that in just a second. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code BOOM to get $30 off your first month. That's BOOM. Talkspace.com slash BOOM. B-O-O-M. So who is that talent? According to Jason LaConforna, the Cleveland Browns are in the process of extending linebacker Jamie Collins. Scott Petrick just confirmed that. Um, and it's getting close to being done. It's an amazing sign. And so while I've heard Tony Grossi and others uh, question whether the Browns will be able to keep Jamie Collins, the reality is the Browns made it clear that they wanted to sign Jamie Collins by trading for Jamie Collins. And so a third round compensatory pick, which is basically the top of the fourth round, just make sure we're all using kind of the same language, was what they gave up to get and now what looks like to sign Jamie Collins. So Really what that was, was they traded the compensatory pick they were going to get for Alex Mack this year to get and sign Jamie Collins. Does that mean that's a fair trade or right trade? That's a different conversation. But what it does mean is a few things. One, it sounds like Collins wants to be here. Obviously, that means the Browns are paying him uh, some good money. But the fact that Collins is willing to sign with the Browns, however much it is and all of that, is exciting for Browns fans. Collins was likely to be one of the top two, three, five uh, players in free agency. And guess what? He's going to be with the Cleveland Browns for however many years. Most likely at least a three or a four year contract seems probably fair to expect out of this. So that's one thing. Jamie Collins re-signed. The second piece of that is all about the draft. And so while I love Ruben Foster, and I think it'd be very, very good, based on the fact that the Browns, like almost every other team in the NFL, are going to be in nickel package 70% of the time, the Browns are very, very unlikely 
to draft Reuben Foster. Why? Because Jamie Collins and Christian Kirksey are two very, very good linebackers. Whether you think Reuben Foster is better than either or both of them is a different discussion. It doesn't matter. We probably all agree that Kirksey and Collins are very good linebackers. You don't draft someone at number 12 or whatever area you end up with having to draft Foster who's only going to be on the field about 30% of the time. This would have been true had Ray Horton been the defensive coordinator or with Greg Williams. So the scheme really doesn't change that because of how often you're going to be in those nickel packages. So first, Collins' return says a lot about um, the Browns' willingness to bring keep their players and what they want to do and being really aggressive about what they want. It also means that the Browns are unlikely, highly unlikely, to draft Reuben Foster Hyde or any other uh, inside linebacker, or I would even say linebacker, based on what I see out of Greg Williams' system, high in the first, second, or even maybe even third round, because that player is going to play about 30% of the time. So it's possible Joe Schobert or Nate Orchard or a variety of other players might be able to play that role. Probably not Nate Orchard, but I just threw him in there. Third, it validates what the Browns did when they traded for Jamie Collins. And so I could see the Browns being even more aggressive as the uh, draft comes up, trades, those kind of things, because this one worked exactly how they wanted it to be. They got Jamie Collins and they got him to sign. Again, we've got to figure out what the numbers are going to be, but they have Jamie Collins. And fourth, maybe finally, but fourth, that means Terrell Pryor is highly likely to return to the Cleveland Browns next year. Sorry, I almost said Cavs because I'm watching the Cavs go into halftime of the locker room. So Jimmy, uh, Terrell Pryor, Jamie Collins signing tells me that Terrell Pryor is back. At a minimum, the Browns can franchise tag Terrell Pryor, see if his one-year wonder was something special. It also kind of sets the tone for any contract negotiation. So, hey, Terrell Pryor, you can... Uh, get this franchise tag for probably around $10 million, I'm guessing, somewhere in that area. I'll have to check in with Andrea Hanks, um, uh, the OBR's contract expert. Um, or we can do this three- or four-year deal with you for a blank amount of money. And so it'll really allow the Browns to negotiate with Terrell Pryor's agent in kind of a way that they have some power. And so that means Jamie Collins is back, but it also means Terrell Pryor is back. And that means as the Browns start to look at free agency, they know what they got. They know at a maybe minimum, they're going to pay this franchise tag for, for Terrell Pryor. They've already got Jamie Collins back. It really sets up free agency to go the way they want it to. It gives them a lot of power, whether they decide to be really aggressive about certain elite talent or really aggressive about filling specific needs uh, across the board, whether that's Tyrod Taylor at quarterback, whether that's a center, whether that's a corner. Uh, again, we're talking high end or low end. Uh, A.J. Bouye, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, uh, from Houston Texans, Tremaine Johnson, there's a variety of other players, safety position. Uh, whatever it is, this sets up the Browns to really move forward the way they want to. It also allows the Browns 
to look to extend Joel Vittonio and Christian Kirksey as they kind of look to build this foundation. And if we're being honest, the foundation of Jamie Collins, Christian Kirksey, Joel Vittonio, um, Isaiah Crowell, who's a restricted free agent, who they should bring back and have on a multi-year deal, Terrell Pryor, Corey Coleman, uh, Emmanuel Ogba, Danny Shelton. I think we can be really honest to say this is probably, would be, will be the best young, solid foundation that the Browns would have locked up for years to come. Joe Hayden could be added to that. if He's able to kind of step back up. What if they bring in a cornerback and Joe Hayden's the number two? That young cornerback, Tremaine Johnson, Bouye, whoever, they become the number one and a part of the foundation. Joe Hayden as a number two is amazing. And we still haven't talked about the first overall pick, the number 12 pick, the 33rd pick, or the 52nd pick, who should be four other players that should be a part of the Browns' um, solid young foundation. Signing Jamie Collins to this extension. Hopefully adding Terrell Pryor an extension sooner rather than later. That one could be difficult, but knowing that we can franchise tag him and the fact that Crowell as a restricted free agent is going to be back unless they something goes crazy, but highly likely he's back. Highly likely they start to process uh, extensions for Betonio and Kirksey, whether it's this offseason or throughout next season after Betonio kind of heals up. The Browns are putting themselves in a position to have the best young core that I can remember in my lifetime, or at least since the return. And that is something Browns fans have to be excited about. The narrative seems like it's starting to change. It seems like it's starting to become a thing where the Browns have a plan and they're putting their plan into action. And that's an exciting thing, Browns fans. So today, two exciting pieces of news. Greg Williams is here. He's a take-charge kind of guy. The defense is going to be his. He's going to own it, and he's going to want to get into a cage fight with some of the media members. And Jamie Collins is returning. It's a good day to be a Browns fan. Thanks for stopping by this Locked On Browns podcast. Again, my name is Jared Mueller. You can get a hold of me on Twitter. It's at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for taking some time with me tonight, this morning, whatever it is for you. Hope you guys have a great Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for stopping by this Lockdown Browns podcast, and go Browns. Rush into Old Navy today for this can't-miss one-day deal. 50% off all Old Navy active for the family. Get the workout wear you need at a huge 50% off one day only today. Hurry in or miss out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1020, select styles only, excludes in-store clearance.